0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Winifred Summer. I'm just going to get right into the interview. Uh, this was a great one. Somebody that I spoke to during the beginning, kind of confusing stages of the pandemic. And he created a safe space to talk about, you know, goals and dreams and feelings and um, really commu- created a community. And it's so awesome to see that the things that we both spoke about um, within the space that he provided you know, we have been able to bring those those visions and ideas to life. But let's just get right into it. And yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have another amazing guest. (laughs) All my guests are amazing. Um, But I'm super excited to introduce to you somebody that I met way, way, way back when. And you know, actually, I'm going to get into the story. But welcome, everybody. Juan Lee. Thank you so much for being here, Juan.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So I remember during the pandemic, and this was like the beginning stages of the pandemic. I'm not sure if we first connected on LinkedIn or somewhere else, but all I remember is you had a Zoom call that you would do or a Zoom meeting um, consistently during the pandemic and people would come and log on and talk and it was very positive um very inspiring and it was just kind of nice refreshing healthy conversations um with total strangers like i didn't know any of you guys that would um that would come on and i really thought it was amazing and i remember you talking about uh writing a book and a book that was going to come out and so i love to tell people how i meet these wonderful guests because i seem to meet people in just so many different Um, Sometimes seemingly random ways. So that is my memory of kind of how the connection has started. And it's been, uh, I want to say a couple years. I guess the whole pandemic has been three years, maybe. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's been three years. But anyway, it is so nice to talk to you again. Tell me more about what led you to start that Zoom group.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you. That Zoom group actually was a meetup group that I started on Zoom long before the pandemic. It started in, it started in early 19. Early 19, it maybe even in late 18. Um, and that part that, that meetup group is still in existence. Um, it's called um, Real Talk, uh, Real Life Talk, Unity Through Love. That was the name of the the meetup group. And we had it on Zoom, and it was before Zoom was even popular or popping the way it is now, so to speak. I was doing it on Zoom because I really couldn't get out to be in a a, um, a location. I couldn't create a location because of my home requirements and responsibilities at home. I just couldn't get out. and that's how we—that's how I got started. So I, I was leading the way in this boom evolution. <laughs> um, my name is Wan Lee. I'm a transformational speaker, inspirational speaker, um, also a transformational speaker in the power of love. Um, the author of a book called Love Made Simple, and I'm also the founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey. Um, All of it comes from and stems from the book Love Made Simple, where in the nonprofit, we basically demonstrate the practical application of love through education, um, through financial education and attitudes for success. So that's in a long version of what we do. But um, yeah. That all started from the Zoom meeting, and it's now incorporated into a book, and now also a nonprofit.
0: Wow, that is fantastic. So I I hear the word transformational, right? What is that? For, For those who may not be familiar with that word, how would you describe what that truly means?
1: That actually, it's the application, the change mechanism um, that you implement into your life, um, and the steps in which to do it. Um, it's all about you putting the work in, though, getting the getting the information that allows you to make the steps so that you can change your life. And the big part of that has to do with your your belief system you know, when you begin to change your belief, you can change your attitude and your attitude will change your outcomes.
0: Mm, I like it, I like it, I like it. So as we're speaking about change, um, I wanna know a little bit about you as far as how you grew up, what were you like as a child? What were some things that you enjoyed?
1: Wow, that's interesting. Um. Well, I'm going to give you a real you know, because this is all in my book. Um, I'm actually the the fourth child of my mom and dad. I'm the baby boy. Um, My mom died when I was six years old. Um, My dad remarried again um, when I was about nine. And I have another sister as a result of that marriage. Well, she had a daughter. We all became sort of like the Brady Bunch. Um, but she was more close. She was closer to my age. Um, my other siblings were a great, you know, they were 10, 8, and 6 years older than me. Um, what I like to do as a child, I like to run track, cross country. Um, that was probably the best experiences I had um, up until I left to go into the military, because up until that point, I I had a very, for the most part, a frustrating um, uh, school life, um, because um, I had an undiagnosed learning disability all the way through school, um, which made life extremely frustrating for me, difficult at best and frustrating, um, and that's led me to, um, you know, graduate from high school, being extremely, uh, afraid and, um, fearful as to how I was going to survive because I didn't feel prepared for life at all. And, um, it wasn't until I went into the military that, um, my life got a little bit, not a little bit, a whole lot clearer. Um, but yet, still, throughout that experience in the military, because I spent nine years in the military, um, without still being diagnosed with a learning disability, it wasn't until I was like 37 years old, after being out of the military probably oh, probably eight years, I got diagnosed uh, for having a learning disability. Um, but the military told me, taught me how to survive, how to how to see my value. Um, in spite of the way that I have per- had perceived myself, um, all of those many years um, as being less than and and not measuring up, the military showed me that I had value. I was important. I, I was necessary, and that's um, where things began to connect and click for me um, to make to make me be able to get to the point where I am today, but also allowed me to see the connection between love and my experience in the military. Um, So that was something that uh, I began to connect with. um, And it led me to writing the book because a lot of the things that I write about in the book are as a result of, of the things that I learned in the military that demonstrated love and I know a lot of people struggle with that connection there but um, the military is about systems about going through and and adapting to systems and that's what love is its ability to be able to allow us to connect and to be a part of systems it it is a system for for uh, every one of us of the ability to connect to one another um, so uh, there's a lot um that um I've been through, and uh I'm trying to share that with the world
0: hmm. all right, wow, well, first of all, let me say thank you for your service um in the military. I mean, we crazy enough, Veterans Day was what? on Friday. Um, so today, as we're recording this, it is November the 13th. So we just passed Veterans Day. Um, definitely want to say thank you for your service. And that's such a fascinating, um, fascinating story. And so I don't want to like give away too much of what's in your book. Um, but that's interesting because I've I've heard people, parents um, talk about different learning disabilities, and I know there, there are different different types, Um, and some will say that they didn't, I don't know how to word this, like, they will say, oh, well, they said that they have this learning disability, but there's nothing wrong with it, there's nothing wrong with my child, like, I'm not going to, you know, give them medication and this and that, like, we're just going to figure out how to, how to deal with it or or learn around it, um, so to speak, and I've always thought that was interesting because so many people don't know, and I think that you sharing how you found out, you know, later in life, um, you know, that could definitely touch some people who, you know, may have not thought about getting their child, you know, checked for different learning. I don't even know how that process goes. I'm not a, a parent, <laughs> so I don't know, like, how that goes, um, how you would find out, or if it's based on how a child performs in school that makes you look into, well, maybe there's something else there. I have no clue, but that is very interesting, Um, and I thank you so much for sharing that. So this is in your book, is what you're saying.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, 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 it's in there. Um, The thing about it is is that it's, it was, I went through the process of having to figure it out myself, um, but with no help. Um, It was a ghost in my life. Um, It was something that I was ashamed of, and it was a ghost that I could not identify. It it was, it was a very um, difficult type of thing to deal with, Emotionally and psychologically, because I wanted to do better, but just couldn't and had no idea. So I had to create um, my own uh, um, way of being able to survive. Um, And that's what led me to love, because love gave me the attitudes necessary to navigate a life where I had no other way to navigate, to be honest with you. It was, it was either this or absolutely nothing. Um, and what it showed me was that I was important. I had no confidence. I had low self-esteem. Um, it was everything. I mean, because you think about it and your academic experience is, is based on, you know, it it defines you for so many of us, uh, for a great deal of our lives, I mean, you know, up until you're 22 years old or so, it defines you. And everything that was being attributed to me was is that I didn't measure up. And so that was very difficult for me to, to accept because I wanted to. I wanted to survive. I wanted to, to be able to measure up, so to speak. But I realized that the um, comparison was not my uh, friend, I had to realize that I was unique and I had something that no one else had to offer. And it was through love that I realized that and that began to change my life totally around and the military was what gave me the, the, the direction to be able to see that.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I wonder because when we tell our stories, um, no matter what the story may be, you know, sometimes people in our life, our family or our friends um, can take offense to some of the, the things that one can tell in their story. Not that they're even the center point of the whole story, but their involvement. So for example, you talking about um, not knowing about, you know, your learning disability, Like, would people in your family, well, first, did you tell people in your family that you were writing this book before you wrote it? Or did you just say, hey, I'm going to do this? And if there was any, like, maybe backlash from family members about you talking about, because I imagine, you know, you you touch on, like, you were talking about um, your childhood and things like that. What what was that experience like?
1: I actually gave all of my siblings a copy of the um, the book before it was released, before I published it. And there was a great deal of uh, support, but for the most part, they were shocked and surprised also as to some of the things that I was experiencing. Because again, remember, they were 10 years, eight years, and six years older than me. And when I was going through a great deal of this, you know, I mean, think about it, was they were probably almost out of the house by the time I was even getting into school almost good, you know? And so, um, and then, you know, I left to go in the military shortly after I got out of high school. So they never really knew me or understood what I was going through. Maybe my oldest sister. I don't mean, know. Maybe she probably she understood probably better than anyone because when my mom passed, she basically raised me for two years. Um, because you know she was fifteen, I was six. I mean, she basically brought me home from school, fed me, and got me ready for bed, and started all over again as my dad was, you know, working two do- two jobs just to you know keep things you know together. So, um. But my brothers, my two, my older brothers, you know, they were, what, at the time, 12 and 14, and they didn't think too much about a six-year-old. So the things that I had to experience, they didn't too much um, know about them. So they were, like, pretty much surprised when the book came out as it relates to, you know, how I got to the place where I am based on where I was expressing in the book, how I navigated, how I got through.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Wow, this is very interesting stuff. So since the book's release, um, how how's your life changed? Uh, has it changed at all? <laughs> like, what's it like having, because I know how that feeling of having the ideas, putting it together, then you're doing the work, you're writing, you're editing, you're this, you're that. Then you have that final draft and then boom. Once it becomes really, really real and there it is available, you know, for sale for the world, how was that initial feeling and how has your life changed since?
1: Well, I'll be telling you the, the biggest thing, because it was therapeutic first and foremost, and it was so liberating, you know, the book the to actually, you know, to press that publish button um, and realize that. Everything that I put in there is now out for the world to see and to hear and to you know read. And so it was a degree of liberty, liberty, liberty. I mean, it's so I was very much so liberated in the fact that you know it was just really a you know breath of fresh air. Um, but I'm gonna tell you the, the real big issue was after I had published it. I realized what it means to be an author. And that's when the work began. To be perfectly honest, all of the work of writing and stuff like that and you know the public you know the editing and the you know all of the the putting it out there for publishing and all that stuff. That was in in this regard it was easy because I looked to the sources of those people who could help me and assist me in getting that process done. I went and found people that knew how to do those things and they assisted me in doing it. But this being an author thing, that's a whole nother story. That's the part where your love becomes a business. And that's the part that I was so unaware of when I started um, when I published the book, it was like, okay, I can publish this thing and just say it's out there, or I can do what it takes to be an author. And that means I have to promote it. And so I have been on, since I've promoted this, I've probably been on close to 100 podcasts. Um, and so, and, and this is in the in the midst of a pandemic. So, you know, that's was the primary way of being able to put things out there. So that's what I've been doing. And it's just now that I've been able to get into doing some public speaking, and also um, going to be permitting or presenting and producing some coursework to go along with my book, but also doing the work of starting the nonprofit. So it's a it's a collaborative and a big job, a big uh, mission that I'm pretty excited about. But at the same time, it's a lot of work.
0: Yes, it is a lot of work. I'm so glad you said that because it's absolutely true. Um, Once the book is published and it's out there, you know, every day you have to figure out new and exciting ways to continue to be in front of people, whether it's virtually, whether it's in person, you know, you just have to keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's one of those things where You know, people have to know you exist, like you can make the most amazing book or product or have the most amazing service in the world. But if people don't know about it, then they can't come to you. And so that's something I've definitely learned as well um, and something that is I just continue to to work on and work on. But I'm so glad you touched on that because it is a lot of (laughs) it's a lot of work, but it is some of the most fulfilling Um, and exciting work Um, speaking from my own experience you know it's one of those things where I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way um, to be honest so that is great so all right so transformation transformation there are some people who would say that you know you probably heard the phrase you can't teach an old dog new tricks or (laughs) I think that's how it goes where some people feel that Depending on their age or maybe where they are in life, you know, there's no changing that person like they are who they are. So I'm assuming you believe that to be false, correct?
1: Absolutely. But it's it's self induced, though. Change is is something that you have the desire to want to do. And that's why I said it's based on your belief system. If you want to if you can't challenge your belief system, you're probably not going to change. Um, so you've got to be willing to want to challenge your belief system. Um, that's going to open the door for the opportunity for change. Until you're willing to do that, um, you know, we can, I can give you all the tools and all of the little tricks of the trade, but if you're not willing to do it, it's not going to, you're not going to do it. Um, so it starts on the inside. This is the job that starts on the inside, a desire to want to change. And so that means that you're going to challenge your belief system.
0: Yeah, I mean, change is hard. Like change is hard. I mean, I know there have been things that I've been wanting to work on and you have that desire or so you believe you have that desire and maybe you take the baby steps and then the minute you know, you mess up or you forget to do something, you get discouraged and it's just like this huge mountain um, for many people. And so I guess when people are discouraged because they haven't been able to build up that discipline muscle all the way, the way that they would like, um, what are maybe some encouraging words that you would would give someone like that?
1: Well, I mean... You know, that's, that's, that's been probably one of the the most popular questions is because, you know, people who want to change, there is no answer for desiring to change. You know, there is no other answer to it. Um, you've got to be able to accept those small steps um, and not beat yourself up for not making, you know, the, the steps that you would have Hope that you could have made, but understand that any step, excuse me, any step um, is a is is a part of growth, and it's a part of change. So don't don't look um, down on small steps. Um, there are underlying um, causes to preventing you from making the the steps. The great steps that you desire to make. Um, see, a lot of the things that I've come to realize is that um, until you're motivated to be able to to want to change, um, it's it's pretty difficult to change outside of motivation. And that's why I said your belief system, because your belief system is gonna it's going to um, encapsulate your motivation. You know, why I do what I do is going to be encapsulate what my motivation is. And so you, until you're willing to challenge that and say, okay, this is why I do what I do. And if you can ascribe that why to something that's beneficial to not only yourself, but also to, to humanity and others in general, um, you're gonna always run up to some type of resistance because you know selfishness is what keeps us looking at things just from our own perspective. And unfortunately, the world and our circumstances um, have more than one perspective. And so when we change our perspective, things begin to look differently And then change becomes more possible because we can see things a little bit differently um, and it gives us just a different perspective and allows us to see things um, and gives us that avenue for change.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, where can we get a copy of your book and what are the best ways for us to connect with you? Let us know your website, your social media handles, all that great stuff.
1: Hey, you can always go to my website is at oneleaderauthor.com and you can pick up a book there, or you can also go to, um, Amazon or any of your, wherever you get your, um, your books online. Um, that's an ebook you can get on the website, on my website, or you can go to Amazon, like I said, to get the hardback copy. Uh, um, also, I just want to let you know about the um, nonprofit. It's at clearjourney.org. Okay. Um, you can go there and see what we're doing there. Hopefully you can support us. We're looking for support in that venture. Um, but you can also find me on social media at Wan um, uh, Lee Author on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Juan Lee. Um, and you can also reach out to me, just go in at info at Juan Lee or info at clearjourney.org. And you can reach me, send me an email. Um, and by the way, um, yeah, just reach out to me. I'm really open to share with you uh, the, the attitudes of love. That's the key component. Um, and that's what we're going to be working on going forward in the future.
0: Beautifully said, beautifully said. Thank you so much for dropping by, coming on the podcast, and, um, just for all the good work that you're doing out here in the world. I look forward to seeing more, um, of what you're doing and the things that are coming up. And again, just thank you, for everything and I just want to say uh, Juan is definitely very very friendly like I said I ended up chatting with him in a in a zoom group some years ago Um, so very very friendly very kind very nice uh, gentleman so thank you for coming on the podcast I appreciate it so much
1: <laughs> thank thanks for having me and we should stay in touch
0: yes absolutely <laughs> take care That was a good one, right? We touched on so many different topics. Please support uh, Mr. Wong Lee and check out what he has going on. He's doing so many awesome things and I really enjoy listening to him talk and just the wisdom that he brings. So check him out, follow, support, like, comment, share, and let people know Winifred sent you, okay? I'm starting to say that more because, you know, people come back and tell me that they listened and they enjoyed and they this and they that. You know, and this space is definitely for people to share. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's not only listen and take gems from what people are saying, but actually then go follow through click on their website, you know, like a post on their social media, you know, it's all about engagement and invisibility. So definitely if you haven't already take the time to show some love to these wonderful guests that come on the platform, thank you so much to everyone for supporting this podcast. Um, it's just amazing to con- continue to see the analytics grow. Um, it means a lot, not only to me, but to our guests. So thanks, everyone. Take care. We've still got a couple more interviews left uh, before the end of the year.